0: good what's good it's C Wood back at you again with another episode of Ball About the South with C Wood Ball About the South that sports podcast where we talk the SEC the HBCUs the NFL NBA and much much more just about everything in between at some point or another I am your host Kerry Wood just call me C Wood for short at C Wood on sports on Twitter and IG is where you can find me and this is my NBA preview 2022. It is time to tip this thing off, man. Just a couple of days as the 2022 NBA season commences and should be an exciting season. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, parity in this league. As we've seen really over the last couple of seasons, to be honest, I think the uh, parity is at an all time high in this league. And with this NBA preview, obviously being here in the South, all about the South, (laughs) uh, we're going to look at uh, primarily the Southwest and Southeast divisions, but we'll kind of get into a little bit of the rest of the NBA as well as I kind of give you uh, kind of overview or whatever of how things, how I think things are going to go here this season. But anyway, again, my name is Kerry Wood. Uh, Seawood, at Seawood on Sports on Twitter and IG. That's where you can find me. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have you here on this little podcast. Uh, Whatever platform you're listening to me on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, uh, uh, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Uh, Really glad to have you in. You can just about hear me on every podcast platform that there is. And I really would appreciate if you subscribe, that way you'll know when Ball About the South is is dropping a new episode, like, um, drop a comment if you can on whatever whatever platform you're listening to me on. I think you can do that on Apple, maybe Spotify. I know you can give me a rating on Apple and Spotify. I would love that five-star rating, obviously, but if you don't give me a five-star rating, that's all good, man. I, I understand Because that gives me uh, Feedback or whatever That I need That I I need to work on some things on this show And obviously I know this thing is not (laughs) Anywhere near perfect It's not anywhere near A professional podcast or whatever It's just something that I really love to do But I do want it to be The best that it absolutely can be And Obviously that would be up to you guys That are sitting here listening to me On a um, weekly basis or whatever, or regular basis, however you want to look at it. Anyway, let's get into this thing. The NBA getting ready to tip off here in just a couple of days, and we're going to go, we're going to start off with the Southeast Division. That's kind of primarily uh obviously the teams where I live, here in Birmingham, Alabama. Where I reside, the teams uh, obviously I'm a lot closer to most of those teams because I'm very close to Memphis and New Orleans too so we really, really can't say it's really kind of kind an of even swap actually and then the re- one other reason that I really look at the Southwest Division a lot despite the fact of just uh, in, well in addition to the fact that Memphis and New Orleans have teams there in the Southwest Division my favorite team, the Houston Rockets Resides in the Southwest Division as well. So that is my uh, process for definitely wanting to look at that division a little bit tighter. Anyway, man, let's get into this thing. Southeast Division last season. If you look at the Southeast Division last season, Miami Heat kind of ran away and kind of hid away from the rest of the pack, winning the uh, division by 10 games over the second place Atlanta Hawks. And uh, Charlotte Hornets who tied for second uh, there in the division. Uh, the Heat had a 53 and 29 record, and the Hawks and the Hornets were also were all were both 43 and 39. So, um, and the Heat were very, uh, I guess you could say, kind of dominant in that in the division last season, doing that thing. Jimmy Butler bam out of bio and all those guys did their thing last season and ran away with the division but uh, unfortunately for the Heat it was a pretty disappointing playoffs uh, if they did not again I I picked the Heat for the finals last season and uh, did not quite turn out that way they got close got sort of close but uh, uh, did not turn out that way for them as they went down to defeat to the Boston Celtics there in the playoffs uh, you sit there and look at the Hawks from last season kind of similar to the season before um, you know to the 2020-21 season when they got off to a slow start and that's, that's slow starting I do realize they had some injuries to their core you know guys like DeAndre Hunter who is back with the uh, team this season uh, went through his injuries. Uh, I want to. Uh, you had uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who was really a big time pickup for the Hawks at the time. Um, he had his injury issues. You had injuries up and down the board for the Hawks, and that really hurt them early. But then they got things. Uh, it wasn't as sharp a contrast as the the season before. I mean, the season before we had pretty much left the Hawks for dead. I mean, we, we put them out and, and they were a young, obviously a younger team at that point. And just, you know, taken by surprise that they made such a big time jump there late in the season, were able to make the playoffs. And then, of course, that team actually went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, which was a huge surprise. So in a lot of ways, they took steps back last season. which is a little surprising, Uh, but again, obviously, they had their injury issues. There's no question about that. You look at the Hornets, guys like Miles Bridges and, of course, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball has kind of had his injury issues there toward the end of the season. He's starting out with a couple of injury issues this year. Not really sure he's going to be available here in the first week of the season, but, uh, you know, again, I think... their biggest issue was really the interior. I think they've done a couple of things. We'll look at that as you know, we go on in this preview uh, to kind of uh, help that a little bit at least. Uh, so, you know, the Hornets are a very interesting basketball team, very interesting case going forward. Then you look up at the rest of the division. The Washington Wizards ended up 35-47. and 47. They finished 18 games behind the Heat. Again, that was another team that I totally whiffed on last year. I thought, uh, not only did I think that they would make the play-in last year, I thought they would really be a team that could maybe make the top six. <laughs> it didn't quite happen, <laughs> okay? It did, it did not quite happen. And, um, you know, I was a very disappointing season, and, Obviously, you sit there and you look at guys like Bradley Beal that are with that basketball team, and he's still there. And a lot of people are still asking Bradley Beal, uh, what's going on in, in your head, man? What what are you thinking about not trying to get up out of here and go, to, you know, nobody's, I don't think anyone's going to be sitting there mad at you or accusing you of just chasing a ring or whatever if you leave this situation for as long as you have been in washington very similar to a guy like dame lillard being Portland, but yet he stays there you have to admire the loyalty actually i admire it you know a lot of people don't get it and you know in a way i don't get it either i'm not going to sit there and lie to you but um uh, you know I, I i'm not really mad at bradley beale for doing what he's doing and staying there and the, the wizards I thought we're really going to be a pretty good basketball team last year with all the acquisitions that they made with that uh, trade with the Lakers and everything and Kuzma and all of those cats for that team last season. Now, that's kind of, you know, uh, still a lot of the same cast, but, you know, maybe they'll be a little bit better this season. They made a couple additions that we'll talk about. Later on, and of course, then you have the Orlando Magic bringing up the rear 22 and 60. And obviously, they have had their issues. They ended up having the number one pick overall. They used that pick for Paulo Bancaro the forward out of Duke. Um, kind of do all uh, forward. He's kind of a you know, for me, I think he'd be kind of a swing type of guy that can you know, he could some nights, depending on the matchup, he can play the three. Some nights, again, depending on the matchup, you put him at the four, maybe even in, you know, small ball situations, you can play him at the five, things of that nature. Uh, going to be a very interesting to see how they use him and how they, you know, uh, how they how they look going forward. Guys like Cole Anthony and uh, you know, it's a very interesting franchise down there as well. So, you know, let's get into it a little bit let's get into it just a little bit, man. And, um, for me right now, I think for me, I think you have to still favor the Miami heat in this division. I, I just, uh, I don't know if I've seen quite enough from the Hawks. Now, I did get to see the Atlanta Hawks up close and personal on Friday night here in Birmingham. They played preseason game against the New Orleans Pelicans. And I was, you know, again, look, it's preseason. Uh there was no zion for the pelicans we'll talk about that a little bit later uh you know you sit there and you look at obviously the the lineups are not going to be exactly how you're going to see them here coming going forward i mean it was the last preseason game so uh trey young played the entire first half but then he sat the entire second half same for dejounte murray well I take that back. Dejounte Murray kind of played really. He seemingly, I think, he both of them kind of took a brief um, um, sitting on the bench or whatever. Uh, they kind of staggered them at the point. Uh, obviously, they started Trey at the point, and then they had Dejounte Murray as shooting guard. Then Trey went to the bench. Dejounte took over the you know uh, point guard duties or whatever. And obviously i think that's how they're gonna do this thing going forward uh which makes a lot of sense obviously uh, i got a, i got a really good look at what i think that's gonna look like going forward in this season because a lot of people i think were you know kind of trying to figure out what is this thing gonna look like with murray and uh trey young in the backcourt now for me when that deal was made i was you know kind of like i like the move obviously Bringing in a guy like Dejounte Murray, I mean, obviously that's a win. My question was, you know, really not offensive. Mine was kind of defensive. You know, smallest backcourt. Trey Young already is not the best defender that you can find out there. He's smaller, obviously. So, you know, th- that was that's the biggest question that I have. But I do think you have some guys on the back end of that defense obviously a guy like clint capella who did not play the other night uh you have the guy at usc uh on okongwu uh this was, it was very similar to clint capella by the way uh they played him a lot the other night and you have those those guys are both guys that can protect around the rim there's no question about that you do have wing defenders like a De- deandre De- hunter which i think who I think will definitely help things along for uh, you know for those guards out there you know in case they kind of <laughs> are not keeping people out of the lane that type of thing or whatever. So that is that was my biggest question about the Hawks. Well, I mean, they also have a guy you know their their first round pick this year was Jalen Johnson and this uh, forward out of Duke. Uh, he's stands six eight. He's looking like he's going to possibly be uh, in the rotation off the bench. They also have uh, two Holiday brothers Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday which is very interesting You know that they are both on the same team. Uh, That's going to be very interesting to see how they uh, kind of mix them in together. So I think they're, they have some guys that can defend the perimeter pretty well in addition to you know uh you know, in in addition to being able to protect the rim pretty well, it just was always my question when they made that trade about them, you know, being those defenders out on the perimeter. So that is my question about the Hawks. Um uh, you sit there, they lost guys like uh Danilo Gallinari. Gallo had some injury problems last year as well, but he Obviously played a pretty big role off the bench uh, well he kind of started some kind of played off the bench some for the Hawks last season uh, again he had his injury issues and then he right now obviously with Boston he has his injury issues right now with, with Boston Celtics are trying to figure out who they're gonna uh, get to kind of replace him they did uh, the Celtics did bring in Blake Griffin which that'll be pretty er- interesting to see so You know, with the Heat still being really uh, uh, having their guys, I mean, you talk about Jimmy Butler, you talk about Aldebaro, who a lot of people are looking for more scoring for him. You know, Bam is a guy that's obviously very athletic, uh, protects the rim very well, rebounds pretty well. He can knock down, you know, open jumpers. I mean and, and things of that nature um he's just not been maybe as aggressive as a lot of people would like him to be I think obviously having bam be a little bit more offensive maybe a little bit um more selfish would help that no question about it but then you said then you look at other guys on that basketball team obviously Tyler Heroes a guy that a lot of people are talking about uh hero Really good shooter, be struggled there in the playoffs. Like you know, he had some injuries there at the end of the season that kind of seeped into the playoffs. That was a problem. Uh, hopefully, he's back uh, well now. Uh, Kyle Lowry was another guy. You know, obviously, Kyle Lowry was brought in last season to be that extra piece. He was brought in to kind of be that guy, the uh, floor general that would get them over the top, get them into the um, NBA Finals or whatever, did not quite work out. Uh yeah, Victor Oladipo, another guy that uh, really, you know, obviously in big-time injury history with him, he did come back toward the end of last season, um, and in the playoffs or whatever, he's still in the fold. You have Duncan Robinson, who struggled mightily. I mean mightily with his shot. Toward the end of the season which was a huge mystery yeah such a mystery that you know people they were talking about trading him maybe even just flat out releasing him he's still there so we'll see how that goes uh, Max Struce is a guy that I'll always man this dude comes off the bench <laughs> uh, you better go you better have somebody picking him up soon you know quickly this dude uh, you leave him open if you want to. That's all I can say. This he is a very good three-point shooter, but unfortunately, he also struggled there in the playoffs. Which is, again, that was the big thing about Miami. There in this playoff round last season, they did, they struggled from the perimeter very much. So uh, Jimmy Butler did. You know, I I don't think he was as good as he was maybe the season before. In the playoffs, or maybe in the bubble in the playoffs. Obviously, it wasn't that good. I mean, that that Jimmy Butler was unbelievable for sure, but he was still pretty good. But it just wasn't enough because he just didn't have the help to go along with him. So you know, the, but all those guys are still there. Um, again, this is it. Just comes down to putting it all together for this Miami Heat basketball team. Uh, you—you know—they did lose PJ Tucker. I'm not again. I—I I don't understand why teams don't go ahead and, and keep this guy around. I'm not, I'm not really understanding. We—we we, we did the same thing on my show that I did last season. I was sitting there talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. Why do you let him go? You got—you <laughs> picked up PJ Tucker for really for two reasons, man. To knock down that corner jumper. Well, I'm sorry, three reasons. And really, the corner jumper is really the third reason. You got him for three reasons. The third reason was you got him to uh, knock down that corner jumper. The second reason you got him because this is a guy that that gives. I mean, he plays it to the max every minute he's on the floor. He's gonna die for loose balls. He's gonna do this. He's gonna do that to get rebounds, just to make winning plays to you know, you know give your team a better shot at winning the basketball game. And then in the number one reason you got him was to defend Kevin Durant. Of course, you know, that never really came up last season, so it wasn't a big deal, I guess. But, (laughs) I mean, you know, I I just don't understand. So now it's the Miami Heat's turn in not signing this guy back. Uh, and Obviously, he's getting older. I do realize that. And so he is now picked up, uh, been picked up by the Philadelphia 76ers to see if he can help that squad out. That is going again, obviously going to be very inter- interesting to see what happens in Philadelphia. I mean, to say the absolute least, I mean that is going to be <laughs> crazy. So again, you know, again, I think this is a two-team race. I don't think there's any question about that in the Southeast Division. Um, you sit there again, with other players on the Hawks that are really Im- important for their uh success John Collins is back in the fold. Obviously there was a lot of question about whether they would trade him or whatever. He's still there and uh, again, I think he could be a really good fit though with a guy like DeJounte Murray, uh coming in. DeJounte Murray, man, he was really good the other night in that game. I really again like I saw it's like I say, I really got a pretty good Snapshot of what it's going to look like with he and Trey Young in the backcourt. Uh, this dude is, is money in the mid range. I mean, he just really is. And obviously, that mid range is going to open up a lot more than probably it ever did in San Antonio because you have to respect guys like Trey Young out on the perimeter. So, I will say this, though, about Trey Young. I mean, this dude has got to kind of reel it in just a little bit. I mean, I understand he has the range as soon as basically he walks in the gym. I get that, but you can't just use that in the game all the time. You have to sit there and kind of play within yourself a little bit more and play within the the team concept a little bit more. Jacking up these threes, you know, just everywhere on the floor in certain situations of the game are not winning plays all the time. I mean, obviously he can make them but he's gonna miss the vast majority of those shots that's just the way it is and we saw his three point percentage drop a little bit and i think that was the main reason why because he decided okay i'm just gonna shoot these 35 foot jumpers contested off the dribble or whatever and just can't do that so you know for the hawks to be really good going forward i think he has to kind of reel some of that in um Again, going forward, going down the list here in the Southeast Division, looking at the Hornets again. Lamelo Ball is a guy that right now has an injury going on, and I'm uh, nothing serious, but he's gonna miss a little bit of time, and maybe out uh, this week as we start the season. We'll see how that goes. Again, their biggest deficiency was around the rim. There's no question about that. Protecting the rim, rebounding, all of that. I mean, it this it, 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 this glaring weakness for them, um, and really, you know, they they didn't actually really, really didn't do a lot to to uh, uh, rectify that. The biggest thing they did was get Mark Williams from Duke. He is the big senior now. Obviously, he's going to play a big role in kind of uh, manning down that that. Center position, but uh, no one that has any experience. And I guess that's what I'm really getting at. Uh, you still have guys like uh, one of the Plumley guys. Which Plumley guy is it, that plays with them? It's Mason Plumley. Uh, the Plumley brothers that plays there uh, obviously have you have P.J. Washington again, who's really just a power forward. Uh, again not a lot of depth behind mark Williams if he's if he's going to be the starter if the season starts or whatever uh, again you have a lot of good wings on this basketball team though and, and we also talked about um, you know we also talked about guys like miles bridges but unfortunately of course with the uh, miles, the situation with bridges where he had the the uh, I think it was a domestic dispute or whatever he was involved in. He's obviously not in the league right now, so they've lost him. Um, again, the Hornets. Again, you do have guys like Kelly Oubre Jr., who I think is a pretty good player. Uh, obviously, a guy that can knock down the three. Pretty decent defender, but uh, again, this this team for me is not going to take too much of a step up. Uh, they lost all five games there in the preseason, as a matter of fact. They they actually got rid of LeAngelo Ball, which is pretty interesting. Uh getting rid of Lamello Ball's brother. So that's but again, look, it it all comes down to guys like Lamello Ball, Terry Rozier in the backcourt, of course. Um, who's gonna be that other scorer for them, I'm not really sure. Uh so again, I think it's gonna be a really long season for them. Uh you look at the Washington Wizards. Again, in all those moves they made, I really again, like I said, I really thought that they were going to really be a surprise team last year. It did not work out. Uh, they picked up guys here in the offseason like Will Barton. I mean, Will Barton's been one of my favorite guys. Uh, played a long time for the Nuggets, of course, there and a couple other teams. He moves on here to Washington uh, to give some uh, veteran uh Some veteran men to this basketball scene. I really like this kid, Johnny Davis, who they picked up in the draft out of Wisconsin. I think he's a really smooth shooter. A lot. I think he kind of dropped in the draft because he's not that really that athletic or whatever. But I like this kid. I think he's going to be a really good player. I really do. Only thing is, I'm not really sure how he fits in with Bradley Beal. I just. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you were gonna keep Bradley Beal around, when when that deal was made, okay, you know, we were thinking, okay, maybe there's a Bradley Bradley Beal deal uh, that's imminent, that's you know, that's coming up. Obviously, that did not happen. So, you know, having Johnny Davis again, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with having as many shooting guards and wings as you can have, but you just wonder how that's gonna maybe affect his growth going forward with Bradley Beal still being the guy that's you know being the guy we'll see how it goes uh, they have you know Kyle Kuzma of course who they picked up from the Lakers and they have a really they're really kind of kind of log jam there at the power forward and center position they have guys like obviously Chris Step, Porzingis, uh who they got in that trade from Dallas uh, last year they have uh, uh, they have Taj Gibson, who they picked up, who's about uh, I think Todd is about as old as his jersey number. <laughs> Taj Gibson has 67 as his jersey number, and I think he's about that age. <laughs> but no, seriously, no. Taj, Taj Gibson has, has had a nice NBA career, so he comes over, gives some more veteran help to them. They have uh, Hachimura, the guy out of Gonzaga. They have him there as a power forward. Uh, very similar guys. uh, They have Vernon Carey, who they drafted out of Duke as well. Vernon Carey Jr., 6'9". Very interesting to see how he feels into this role or whatever with this team. Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas. They have a lot of guys. I mean, I I don't know of another team (laughs) that has as many guys at the center and power forward position as the Wizards have. And and they kind of in a lot of ways, a lot of them play very similar to each other. So, that logjam is very interesting. Again, without a guy to, to really run the show there for, for the Wizards. I mean, they, they have Monty Morris, who came over from Denver, who I really like him as well. Uh, they have DeLon Wright. But no one else to really run the show for that for, for that basketball team so obviously I just don't see them making too much of a move up possibly a team with you know obviously with a guy like Bill who can drop 30 on any given night and they have a couple of other guys here and they have that length on the interior maybe they can get to close to play in range possibly but I seriously doubt it so I would have the Hornets and the Wizards uh, definitely at the rear of this division, I don't think is in question. I like I like the magic to make a move up just a little bit. Now I am not saying that playing in or anything like that, but uh, Cole Anthony had some injury issues last season. Hopefully he's back and uh, full effect. You have obviously the you know the number one pick in the draft. Like I said, Paulo Banquero he's going to be very interesting to see how he gonna comes along there. Wendell Carter Jr. That they picked up from the Bulls. Also another big guy out of Duke. We all know about that. Um, I'm very interested to see how much run Bold Bowl gets. I mean, this is a guy, and we all we've gotten all gotten all this talk about Victor Wimbanyama, the the phenom that's everyone's talking about seven four, they can shoot the three, can pull up and he's a taller Kevin Durant to i guess to a certain extent this dude can put the ball on the floor do everything right okay now i'm not saying Bowl is necessarily as talented as maybe this one banyama looks like he could be but Bowl does a lot of the same things and he never really cracked that rotation in denver i'm very interested to see how he does here in orlando will he crack that rotation Again, they this is another team that has a couple bigs. They've they've really loaded up on some bigs. They have Mobamba as well to the do. They brought back, which I thought that was a good idea though. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they process all of that there in Orlando. Uh, again, Cole Anthony runs the show there. They have guys like Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton and Mar- again Markel Fultz, who's been a very interesting case as well um one guy that you know out of Auburn Chuma Oak we used to call him Okiki i'm hearing now that it is OKK he's back in the fold he's had some injury problems yeah, and of course there's that franz Wagner who again who came on really on the scene last season as a rookie and really really took the league by storm um he's back obviously very interesting case I I like this team man I mean I'm I'm not there's a lot of pieces to put together there's no question about that but I think the talent is there for them to make a move up I really do I mean I'm not saying playoffs I'm not even saying play in but I think they can win a few more games than they did last season and probably maybe push to finish third in this division. We'll see how it works out. Another very interesting case is Jalen Suggs going forward. Obviously, the guard out of Gonzaga. There's a lot of chatter about him obviously being a bust and things of that nature. So, it'll be interesting to see how this team does go forward. But, uh, going forward, but I do think the Heat still should be the favorite in this division, slightly over the Atlanta Hawks. But, again, it would not surprise me if the Hawks – really got this thing together I'm really liking the idea of that backcourt a lot more with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray I like the um, Heat to be right around 50 wins again pretty much the same area that they were last season I like the Hawks to be be between 45 and 50 as well maybe a little above 50 possibly Um, again all those pieces they can get those pieces to fit around those two guards I I really think the Hawks could have something there and then again like I said I've got Orlando finishing third in this division which might seem kind of crazy but that's what I'm going with Um, i like them to possibly get to 30 wins at least you know Mm -hmm. mid to high 20s maybe 30 wins and then I've got the Wizards and the uh, Hornets bringing up the rear in the Southeast Division so that's my Southeast Division look Right now, we're going to take a quick break, man. Come back. We're going to talk about the Southwest Division. When Ball About the South 2000, 2022 NBA Preview continues.
1: One, two to the folks. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip it up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, throw it crazy. Death Row is the label that pays back. unfatable so please don't try to fade it. But uh, yeah. Back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let him understand From a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now you know I ain't with that sh- lieutenant Ain't no good enough to get burned while I'm offended Yeah And that's relevant real deal humbly feel And now you Know how I feel Well if it's good enough To get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece Of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that And like this and uh, It's like that and like this And like that and uh, It's like this and like that And like this and up Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm beeping and I'm creeping And I'm creeping But I think I count Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me To make
2: my impression felt So sit back, relax And strap on your seatbelt You've never been on a ride Like this before With a producer who can rap and control the maestro at the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick you know and I know I flow some more funky to add to my collection this selection symbolizes dope take a toe but don't choke if you do you have no clue of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do it's like this and like that like this and uh it's like that like this and like that and uh it's like this
1: and who gives a about f- vote? so just chill to the next episode <laughs> Um, what a hell if gangster lean, getting funky on the mic like an old vegetable green. It's the capital SO Yes, fresh and double OP, D O double G Y D O Double G you see. Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic. Pimpin', and clockin' a grip like my name was Dolomite. Mike. Yeah, and it don't quit. I think they in the mood for some So right what up? Gotta give them what they want. What's that? We gotta break break them off something. Yeah, and it's gotta be bumpin' city. city of Compton This is where it
2: takes place So when we'll that's show attention Mobbing like a But I ain't lynching Droppin' a pokey c*** That's makin' a sucker n***h That's mumble When I am on the mic is like a cookie They all crumble
0: Try to get All right, y'all Ball about the South My 2022 NBA preview continues And we're gonna get into The Southwest Division right now We kinda uh hit up the Southeast Division Here on my first segment And after, you know, we get i uh, go through the Southwest. We're going to kind of give a uh, little bit of a preview of the rest of the NBA as well, kind of break down each division, just a little bit, my predictions for who will win the division, things of that nature, maybe a couple of awards and all of that. Maybe my playoff teams will kind of do those predictions at the end of the show. Anyway, man, let's get into the Southwest. Last year, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies ended up winning the uh, Southwest Division by four games over the Dallas Mavericks, who came in second, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, which is kind of surprising when I saw this record. <laughs> I do remember them kind of uh, kind of getting hot toward the end of the season and everything, but, man, I, I did not realize they only won 36 games in 2021-22. That, that was a little bit surprising. I know they made the play-in and all of that, but still a little bit surprising that they only won 36 games. You had the San Antonio Spurs right behind them with 34 wins, 34 and 48. And then <laughs> my Houston Rockets at 20 and 62, another uh, really bad season as far as our record goes. But um, definitely a stress-free season to the for the most part. Um, since you know James Harden has you know left the building, we finally sh- shaved the beard. I know, I know, I've kind of referenced this a couple times here the last year or so since he's been gone. But I mean, again, I just I'm still uh, I'm still pretty happy that he is, and I'm still pretty happy with what the Houston Rockets have done um, in return for him. Uh, I think I, uh, obviously that was a big conversation when. He was traded there to the Brooklyn Nets. That you know, that the Nets kind of bamboozled or kind of hoodwinked the Rockets, and I totally disagree. And some of that is starting to come to you know, starting to kind of look like we thought it did as Rockets fans. Uh, those picks maybe not as bad as they you know uh, uh, everybody thought they were, they were going to be because everyone okay you know what the Nets are going to be. You know they're going to be fighting for the championship every year, so those those picks aren't really going to mean anything and all of that. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Well, you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I understand they have Kyrie back and they've got KD back and they've got <laughs> Ben Simmons or whatever. And and don't get me wrong, it could be dangerous. But I could see them going the other way as well. They could be a very dangerous team, and obviously, could be a threat to win the Eastern Division, the Eastern Conference, rather. There's no question about that. But with everything that's going on, especially sitting there talking about, you know, Kevin Durant and Steve Nash coming, you know, being at odds with each other or whatever. I mean, you don't know how the thing is gonna roll. You just really don't. So we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, for the Houston Rockets this season, again, they are my favorite team. So I probably know a little bit more about them than I do most teams. But it's going to be, and I am excited for this season. Not because I think that we're going to, you know, make this huge jump in the standings or anything like that. Uh, no huge jump to make the play in or even make the, <laughs> the playoffs or anything like that. Just like last season, I was just excited to see some new Rockets, man, some youth. um, And we have that all over the place. It's a really exciting team. I think despite, you know, we're probably not going to be that good a team, I think we might can get to 30 wins this season, possibly. Um, I actually predict the 31. uh, One of my fellow Rocket fans put that on Twitter, predict, you know, for us to predict, a win number, or win total this year my my answer was thirty one now we only won twenty games, so that would be an eleven win jump a lot of a lot's gonna have to happen <laughs> for for the Rockets to jump eleven games, but I really think there's a chance that they could do that uh you sit there and you look at Jalen Green, obviously you have to kind of start with him. I mean this dude i mean i mean obviously he he needed to get into the gym uh he got off to a slow start last season and i think that is the reason why i say you know i can't say it was totally stress-free last season watching the rockets there was a little stress because we had all the rockets fans not no not all the rockets fans there was a select group of rockets fans that were kind of you know down on Jalen green and calling him a bust in december I mean I'm not, I'm just sitting there like okay I mean it, it so after a while I just had to check out I and mean, I I I could not do it anymore I'm like I'm not going to sit here and 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 talk this foolishness with these people at, thinking this dude is supposed to be Michael Jordan or he's supposed to be Kobe or he's supposed to be whoever they made up in their mind that he's supposed to be <laughs> In in the second month of his career, I mean, I, I just could not do it, and, and it was just ridiculous. So there was, you know, they wanted to fire Stephen Silas, they wanted to do this, they wanted to do that, and they just you know, so yeah, there was a a little bit of stress when you kind of look at it that way. But you know, again, there, obviously there were no expectations from this team. I just liked the fact of watching this team kind of start to grow up a little bit, and I think we saw some of that. Toward the end of the season, man, Jalen Green, you know, he was averaging nearly 30 points per game. He had, I think, four or five 30-point games there toward the end of the season. Uh, well, maybe not 30, but he was definitely averaging over 25 points per game there toward their last month of the season. And then you sit there and you look at uh, Kevin Porter Jr., a lot of questions about him. By the way, Kevin Porter Jr. signed a big contract today uh eighty two and a half million dollar four year contract. Uh there's some incentives and in everything from what I'm hearing. I have not had a chance to really look at it fully, but I think it's a contract well deserved. A lot of people uh have pretty given up on him. Obviously the Cleveland Cavaliers are giving up on him and they basically gifted KPJ to to the Rockets. So um uh, you sit there and you look at it, man. This dude is really coming along strong. Um, I, can't, I can't deny, I can't sit here and lie to you. I had my problems, not my, my problem, I had my questions, you know, about whether or not he could be the point guard of this basketball team, whether he could be the floor general. I still have those questions. I'm not sure that how that's going to work going forward with, with him and Jalen Green. But I've, I feel a lot better about it now than I felt probably this time last year and then, you know, throughout the course of the season. So I'm really excited about that that, that tandem in the backcourt. And then you sit there, you have our top pick from last season, Jabari Smith, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to see this dude on the floor against real competition. We got to see him there in the summer league. He kind of struggled a little bit there for a minute. I kind of attributed it to... Not being a, you know, uh, being with guys that could really get him the ball, to be honest with you. You had guys that, you know, were not really guys that were, um, uh, facilitators. I'm not going to say they were selfish or anything like that, but some of those guys, you, you didn't have your KPJs and, uh, those guys like that can, that can get him the basketball in a position where he can do something with it. And, um, yeah, and he only played one preseason game. He kind of is kind of nursing the a- ankle injury right now. He only played the first preseason game, but he put down twenty-one points in that game against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, was three of—I know he hit three threes in that game, maybe four. Looked really good in his, in, that, in his only preseason appearance, and I am told he will be playing and in, in the lineup tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, sorry, Wednesday night against atlanta hawks so i'm excited man i just really am i think you sit there you look at the rest of that team guys like uh jay sean tate who's a guy that uh who's kind of kind of a guy that we just kind of he's kind of i guess our poor man's Draymond uh draymond green we're gonna talk about draymond green for men here later in the show but uh not with the passing ability not that I'm just talking about the ability for him to kind of D up. You know, I, I think his defense is really underrated. I think that he's is obviously a guy that will kind of uh, go after those loose balls and things of that nature. Maybe more P.J. Tucker. Maybe that's who I should have, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, kind of liking them to more so than Draymond Green. But uh, this dude, I, I really like him. He's probably going to be coming off the bench for this team eventually, I think. Uh, you have is uh, a lot, of, lot to be excited about, I think, with the Houston Rockets going forward. Again, we may end up being the last again, but I think it's going to be an exciting season for the Houston Rockets. Uh, you sit there and you look at the rest of this division. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies kind of stick out, but You have to sit there and you have to respect the Dallas Mavericks as well. And they have a guy from my Houston Rockets and uh, Christian Wood that it's going to be a very – it's going to be fascinating to see how he fits in with this Dallas offense. You sit there, you look at a guy like Luka, you're getting a Tim Tim Hardaway Jr. back in that lineup after the injuries that he had last season. Um, I'm really – Really kind of uh, intrigued by that matchup, man, by how they're going to do things here this season. It's going to be very interesting. Christian Wood is a guy that can stretch the floor. We all know that as a big – I think he tries to do it a little bit too often. I mean, he he has a game you know, in the paint and kind of around the rim, but I don't think it's developed enough. Where it needs to be, but then on the flip side of that, I think that's a good thing for Dallas because I don't think you really need a guy that's kind of clogging up the lane or anything for Luca. I mean, Luca, in my opinion, he you want him going downhill, okay? I mean, you know, for me, he's better going downhill. Obviously, we know he can shoot the three and all that. He can shoot the step back. He can do all those things, kind of James Hardenish or whatever but for me luca is much more dangerous and i think the mavericks as a whole are much more dangerous when you got luca going downhill and i think christian wood fits into that because he's going to be a guy when when luca's going downhill he's got he's going to have another guy to kick it out to another big kind of like they thought christmas porzingis was going to be and that of course never worked out um I think Christian Wood's going to be good for Dallas Mavericks again, getting Tim Hardaway jr. Back is a big thing. Uh, they have guys like Dorian Finney Smith who, uh, out of, you know, he's an sec guy out of Florida, uh, who's come along pretty well in his career. They lost Jalen Brunson. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. Obviously he, he, the way for me, the way Jalen Brunson played the game, I don't think it was really a good mix to have him in with Luka uh, a lot, anyway. Because I think th- I think there's that was not a coincidence what we saw uh, Jalen Brunson and those dudes do to Utah in the playoffs. I mean, Jalen Brunson, you know, he was unleashed, man. I mean, it, with, with Luca on the floor, I think it kind of handcuffs a guy like Jalen Brunson because I mean, in a lot of ways. They're kind of the same dude. Jalen Brunson just isn't big it just isn't as big. And he's not as good a shooter. From the perimeter. Other than that, Jalen Brunson wants to do the same thing, or at least I'll say it like this, the the best thing for Jalen Brunson to do is get downhill. Just like Luca Doncic, the same thing the best thing for him is to get downhill to the rim. And having a guy like Luka out there, I think, stun it. The growth of of Jalen Brunson, and now he has his own team. We'll see how that works in New York. Again, that was not a fluke. What <laughs> we saw in uh, in that series against Utah. I mean, this dude, you know, Jalen Brunson. So losing him is, I think, big. But it's, I don't think it's gonna have a huge effect, except in anything but depth, really. I, you, know, I, you know, who's gonna be your guys behind Luca? That's gonna be the biggest question obviously a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie um, did not mention him in that assault that they put on Utah in that playoff series uh Dinwiddie also was a guy that uh very similar but uh can shoot the ball a little bit better maybe than a guy like Brunson used to could so uh you know yeah the, the backcourt I think is pretty set when you look at those three guys and um uh, uh Luka. Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think they're pretty good. Uh, you sit there, and you look at them on the interior. I mean, that, again, those they pretty much have a bunch of guys that they're they're going to do most of their damage on the on the perimeter. As far as their interior guys, they do have Javale McGee. That is the one guy that's not in that mold. Other than that, you have guys like. Uh, davis Burton's, okay all he is was stretch stretch four type guy dwight powell stretch four stretch five type guy christian wood like i talked about before maxi kleber same thing so a lot of guys you know the, you know what the dallas mavericks are and, and it makes a lot of sense because again you want to keep that lane free for luca to do his thing so You know, we saw the the thing that that surprised me about the Mavericks last year, though, was their defense, how their defense came along toward the middle and end of the season and then into the playoffs uh, to a degree as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how that comes along as, you know, another season. Uh, Can they hang in with the Memphis Grizzlies? That's going to be the question. Memphis Grizzlies and then, obviously, the New Orleans Pelicans. Those two teams, that – I fifty five corridor man from Memphis to New Orleans. You come through, uh, <laughs> you come through Memphis, you go through Mississippi, and then you get into Louisiana down to New Orleans. Kind of crazy that both those teams are like right on that same, off that same interstate. But that's exactly how it is. Those two teams, for me, are the two top teams in this division, despite the fact that Dallas could be a team that could hang in there and really, you know. And really compete. Uh, You look at the Grizzlies. Obviously, you start with dude. This dude, John Morant, who's just ridiculous. Um, You know, all the moves you can have in the world. Athletic as as you want him to be at the at the point guard position. Uh, Obviously, there's some things he needs to work on. I think he needs to work on obviously his defense at times. Obviously, his shot is not the best, but it's better than I think some people thought it was going to be uh coming out of college um you know certain things here you know uh, the, the usual things i think we, that you look at with well, a guard that's in this what was he in this fourth season now there at memphis or whatever so you sit there and you look at him you look at your boy bane in the in the backcourt who came along big time last season i don't think a lot of people uh I think we're surprised by how he came along. He still got Dylan Brooks in the fold there as a small forward. Brandon Clark, they put some money on him the other day. They they uh, they secured he, he kind of secured his bag. This dude Brandon Clark had some big time moments last season and uh, toward the end of the season and in the playoffs. Obviously, J J J Jaron Jackson Jr. That is. That is probably the wild card of this team. For me, I think you know what you're going to get out of Ja. I think you know what you're going to get out of Bane for sure. I think you know about uh, some of your other guys. You have guys, you have more veteran help on this basketball team now with a guy like Danny Green. Um, But I think the biggest question, and again, you know he has the ability. It's not a questioning his ability. I think it's just questioning whether he's going to stay healthy, um, his you know, his consistency, things of that nature. If you get that from Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously we know this dude could be one of the best big men in the game. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, I don't think you really call him a five. Obviously, he can play the five, but he would definitely be one of the best power forwards in the game. And then you have a guy like Steven Adams next to him. I you know that was the move before last season. I questioned. I thought it was going to be you know it may be a, may have been a mistake getting rid of Jonas Valanciunas and then bringing a guy like Stephen Adams in. I was wrong for the most part. I mean Stephen Adams held his own. They even got this dude out here trying to <laughs> kind of trying to develop a perimeter shot and all of that. Uh, this team has everything that you need. They they they're gonna defend you on the wings, which obviously that is man, that is ultra important in, in the NBA these days. If you don't, if you can't defend the wing, if you can't defend the perimeter of the man, I mean you can might as well just go home. You, I mean, just go home and get your get your gear, um, and then let Charles and 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 uh, <laughs> Kenny and Shaq and them send you fishing. Because your season is over. You might get to the playoffs or whatever, but it's going to be a short trip. If you cannot defend the wing, and that's one of the things I think the Grizzlies can do. Obviously, they can defend the rim with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. and all those dudes in there. Uh, I love Tyus Jones as kind of your backup, man, coming in uh, as backup point guard and all of that. The team is is ready to make a move. But then you sit there again, like I said, you go down that I-55 corridor and you sit there and you look at the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Pelicans, obviously, it's just one name, just one word that everyone is worried about or thinking about when they talk about the Pelicans, and that is Zion. And Zion is back. Uh, again, the Pelicans were in town the other night. And unfortunately, he did not play. But he has played a couple of games here in the preseason. And, and from what I've seen, he has looked really good. I think he's slimmed down a little bit. He's a little bit more trim. So, obviously, we hope you can keep him healthy. I mean, that is, you know, unquestionably the biggest question. Because now, I mean, oh, my goodness. This team is, is ultra deep when you look at it. I mean, big time. Uh, you have – jonas Valentino is the guy that i just mentioned that uh was a memphis grizzly uh you have him on the interior obviously you have brandon ingram b.i you got uh cj mccollum who they picked up from the blazers there toward the end of last season um uh, herb jones my man from alabama uh this dude has come along really well uh he's added a little enough offense to his game where he's we knew how good a defender he was. We knew um, he's a coach's son in high school, so he's kind of got a head for the game. He knows he just knows he just knows how to make the right play at the right time. That's how he was at Alabama. And it, it was no coincidence that Alabama was a Sweet Sixteen team and pros. You know, what, what two points away from being an Elite Eight team, with Herb Jones as a senior and then Alabama drops to just barely getting in the NCAA tournament last year and dropping out in the first round. There's no coincidence in that. That's how important Herb Jones was to Alabama, and I think he could be something similar to that to this New Orleans team. I think he's already said, I mean, obviously he's he's, he's worked his way into the starting lineup. I mean, he's just going to be that kind of guy for this New Orleans team as his offense gets a little bit better here and there. His shot gets a little bit more consistent to add to, you know, what he does defensively and everything else he does. I mean, it, it just adds another dimension to this New Orleans team. And then, again, McCollum, just so – I mean, this CJ McCollum, man. What, what can you say about him? And I I, I, can't not, and I cannot deny to you. I mean, I kind of question a little bit. I, it's not that I didn't think he could do it, but I just – hadn't proven that he could be kind of like your point guard or whatever um you know not to say because i always visioned him as being a guy that you know could score and all of that but you know i didn't know about his facilitating and that was the thing about that backcourt there in portland dame and and cj were kind of you know they they we knew how they could score (laughs) But we didn't know about them getting others involved and things of that nature. I'm not saying he's all of a sudden Chris Paul or nothing, but this dude did, you know, pretty well. Um, you know, maybe a little bit better than I thought that he was going to be, uh, where he meshed in a little bit better than I thought that he would going into New Orleans last season. And again, that turned their season around where they were pretty much left for dead. And then they end up in the play in, and of course, got in actually got into the playoffs. So, the Pelicans are you know, they are big time uh, threat, not only in this division, not only to the Memphis Grizzlies, but I think to the rest of the Western Conference and really the rest of the NBA. Obviously, that's gonna be on Zion though. How does he stay healthy and then? Uh, mixing him in with Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, uh, those are two guys, again, it looks really good from what I've seen so far. The couple games that he played. Uh, again, I, I cannot wait to, to this thing starts to really see them really play uh, some big-time teams in real action, though. We'll see how it goes. So, You know, again, I I think the New Orleans Pelicans, obviously, are are one of the the, uh, most intriguing teams in the NBA coming into this season. And then rounding out the uh, Southwest Division, you have the San Antonio Spurs, and let's just be real with it. (laughs) Let's just be real. I mean, my Houston Rockets are in rebuild mode. We're kind of in, you know, I got some Rockets fans that want to be in tank mode again with, for this dude Victor Wimbanyama or whatever look man I mean look I mean this dude Wimbanyama if you haven't seen him you need to check him out I'm, I imagine if you're listening to this show if you're listening to my podcast more than likely you've seen Victor Wimbanyama um, this dude he's he's something That's, I can, and I definitely can see why he would be the number one draft pick there's no question about that and I would love for him to be a Houston Rocket. I mean, I'm not going to sit here in front. However, I want to see <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of growth from my team this season. I just, you know, I think we're going to be just fine whether we have a guy like that or not here in the future. So I want to see continued growth. But there's no question about what the San Antonio Spurs want to do. They're straight tank mode right now. They've pretty much got rid of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> of the, uh, their veterans or any you know and all that they had, they're all gone. They are in tank mode, and that's really crazy to to really see that going on with Pop still there. I, I just never thought that I would really see that. I thought that maybe we would see it here sooner or later, but I thought Pop would be long gone. So anyway, I mean that's that's what the Spurs are. I'm definitely interested in seeing this how things go with that basketball team as well but obviously i would right now i would definitely think that they would finish in last here in the southwest division obviously i have the houston rockets finishing them a few games ahead of them maybe i got the dallas mavericks finishing in third you know again a lot of people think lucas maybe the best player in the game and you know Maybe a lot of people think that he's enough to put Dallas ahead of both Memphis and New Orleans. I've, you know, seen it on Twitter and all of that. I'm just not really feeling it like that. I mean, Luca is, is a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong, but I just, for me, the the team around um the the team around him is not as good as what you have in Memphis and New Orleans. So I've got to go with those two teams. And it's kind of hard for me, man. I'm kind of going back and forth on my prediction. If I had to, well, if I had to predict uh, for the Dallas Mavericks a win total, I'd go probably um, upper 40s is what I'm thinking, upper 40s, possibly 50. I mean, they got to 50 wins last season. So I could definitely see them getting there this year. But I think, with, you know, you have the West is going to be ridiculous. I mean you got the Denver Nuggets have guys coming back off of injury. We'll see if they can uh, stay healthy. You have the LA Clippers obviously you got Kawhi Leonard coming back. You <laughs> uh even with a team like Phoenix and we're going I'm going to talk about uh again these other divisions really quick here in, in just a few minutes but even with those other divisions uh or te- well teams like the Phoenix Suns who I think are, are a team that could fall off a little bit this season. Even with that, the West is stacked, man. The West is stacked. So I think Dallas, even though they probably are a better basketball team, they may take a couple steps back with their regular season record. Um, and, again, the top two spots in that in that division, I, obviously for me it comes down to Memphis and New Orleans. And again, I – I think I I would say it like this. I think if Zion is healthy and he fits in the way it's looking like he could fit in with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram and all those cats on that basketball team, I would give the Pelicans a slight edge, and I would say they can get to fifty to fifty-five wins, and I'd say the same for the Memphis Grizzlies. One, you know, who knows? Maybe one of those teams could even get toward fifty-five or sixty, possibly. I, I would. I, I would say more 50-55 to 55 would be the total, I think, for both teams, though. I think it's going to be a tight race there in the Southwest Division between those two teams. Anyway, though, so that's my look at the Southwest Division right now. I'm going to come back, man, after this quick break. We're going to kind of give you some predictions for the entire NBA, maybe going to my, you know, look ahead to the awards, and the MVP Rookie of the Year and all that when Ball About the South continues.
3: Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount It was a clear black night. A clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets. Trying to consume some skirts for the E. So I could get some phones rolling in my ride Chillin' all alone Just hit the east side Of the
2: LBC On a mission trying to
3: find Mr. Warren G Seen a car full of girls Ain't no need to tweak All of you searching Know what's up With 213 So I hooked a left On 21 and Lewis Some brothers shootin' dice So I said let's do this I jumped out the rock And said what's up Some brothers pull some So I said I'm stuck These girls peeping me I'm on glide and swerve. These lookin' so
2: hard They straight hit the curve Want a bigger bet than some horny tricks. I see my homie and
3: some suckers all in his mix. I'm getting jacked. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking more and They took my rings. They took my Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, Damn, what's next? They got my homie
2: hemmed up and they all around. Ain't none i'm seeing if They going straight down for pound. They wanna come up real quick before they start the clown. I best pull out my belated busters down. They got
3: guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. I had wings. I would fly, let me contemplate I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate Sixteen in the th- and one in the hole Nate Dogg
2: is about to make somebody's turn Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate I laid all them busters down, I let my th- explode Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode
3: Step to this, I dare ya Funk, on a whole new level The rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble Chords, strings, we brings Melody, G-Funk Where rhythm is life and life is rhythm If you know like I know
2: You don't wanna step to this It's the G-Funk era Funked out with a gangster twist If you smoke like I smoke then ya like every day and if your ass is a the 213 will wake you late
0: all right so we're back in we're gonna go into my last segment here on my t- 2022 NBA preview here on Ball About the South. Um, let's get into my, predict- my predictions here for the Western Conference. Since we left off with the Southwest Division, we'll kind of stay on the west side of things. And I'm, you know, a couple things I'm kind of looking forward to, man, in this conference. Okay, <laughs> um, one of them, Golden State Warriors, defending champs. We all know what's going on with that with that team right now with uh, Jordan Poole and the uh, Draymond thing. That incident where Draymond just, man, I, you know, this, Draymond put it on Jordan Poole. That's all I can say. I mean, that was a ruthless hit. No question about it. Uh, still don't know exactly what uh, Draymond was so ticked off about, but... Uh, Whatever it was, he took it all out on Jordan Poole. And he is taking a, you know, kind of a leave of absence or whatever from that basketball team. Now, first of all, man, I mean, I'm not really going to get into this Jordan. I'm not really going to get into that part of it. Now, Jordan Poole has uh, since signed a huge contract. Um, he's, he's he's gotten paid off of that. Uh, and then you got Draymond. I don't know. I mean. I mean, like I say, he's, he's taking the leave of absence or whatever, so I'm not really sure what what that's going to lead to. They're not going to discipline him with the suspension or anything. I'm not sure about a fine or whatever, but that's a crazy situation. Now, I'm going to say this, though. I think a lot of people are calling for him to be traded from the Golden State Warriors. Look, <laughs> and a lot of people are saying that, I mean, and, and they're – Obviously, being a Rockets fan, I have a you know pretty big circle of Rockets fans that I uh, follow or whatever on Twitter and everything. And a number of them, man, uh, <laughs> I mean, they they trip you out. I mean, they sit there t- talking about well, what, what does Draymond really give to the Golden State Warriors? I've I've heard that from multiple people. And, and most of them most of them are kind of the young you know, the, the young version of the NBA fans or whatever. They they're they're more into the scoring. They're kinda of looking at the stats. You can't really look at the stats all the time and, and tell just how important Draymond Green is to that basketball team and to that franchise. I'm telling you right now, if you think it's a great idea for Golden State to just trade away Draymond Green right now, you're wrong. Just point blank. This dude is the I mean, we saw it. We've seen it a couple of times. We saw it when Steph was out well when when Draymond was out and uh Steph was basically especially when Clay was hurt and him was by himself. I mean the, the the Warriors struggled mightily. They could get nothing going. It's because Draymond Green is kind of you know, the floor general of that basketball team. There's no really you look at the Warriors. They're not. There's no real, true point guard. I mean, I understand that Steph is kind of labeled the point guard, but he's not a true point guard. He is a shooting guard. He is a guy that you know he plays. He can. Don't get me wrong. He can facilitate, but that's not his primary job. That's you know, Draymond makes that offense go a lot more than a lot of people want to give him credit for. And, and and that's despite the struggles that you know that we kind of saw in the playoffs i mean it doesn't matter how he's shooting it it, it, it doesn't now obviously you want to knock down a couple of shots here and there to keep the defenses honest but that part doesn't really make that much of a difference a lot of times with the warriors they're going to be able to score but a lot of times if he's not on the floor sometimes that scoring can be a lot more difficult so it's going to be interesting to see how that thing ends up in Golden State. That's one thing I'm definitely watching in this conference. One other thing I'm watching for sure, obviously we know about the Lakers. We'll see how that goes with Russell Westbrook and <laughs> Patrick Beverly and all those dudes. And and, uh, and then they, they go and get Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder. That is, man, you, you call that desperation. That's what that is. I mean, obviously, Russell West, Russell was not going anywhere because he was not going to turn down that 40-something million dollars that the Lakers were going to owe him. He was not going to turn that down, so he was not going anywhere. You're not, not going to be able to trade him. Then you pick up Patrick Beverly, and obviously we know the history that he and uh, – Russell Westbrook have had uh, the playoff series back, was that 2013? The Rockets, my Rockets in OKC, where Russell Westbrook was injured in that playoff series or whatever. We know about their history and all of that. I'm not saying they can't play together. I, I believe they can. It's just, you sit there and you look at it, Patrick Beverly is not a shooter. Okay. Can he make an open three sometimes? Yeah, he can. Russell Westbrook is not a shooter. Can he make an open three sometimes? Yeah, he can. <laughs> but that's about it. We've always known that it's better to have shooters around LeBron James. And Austin, maybe, is Austin Reeves maybe the best shooter <laughs> that the Lakers have around LeBron? I mean, I, I just don't get it. Now, I I do think a guy like Kendrick Nunn is going to be a big help. I thought he would help them last season, and he en- ended up getting injured there at the point. Uh, we'll see how that rolls. But <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, <laughs> I just I don't get that at all. You you, you really want to line up shooters around LeBron James? But of course, when I mean, you sit there and you you basically exhausted all of your assets you don't have anything to to make a trade or uh, you don't have the money to really be a big-time player in the free agent market because you spent up all your money, you you've, uh, sent all your draft picks away, <laughs> then I guess there's not a whole lot else you really can do. But, you know, again, and then this, this is what Darvin Ham has inherited there as the new uh, Lakers head coach. I wish him well, and I think – I think one thing he will get a little you know, get to be a little bit better than LA, and that is them playing defense. I think, I think they'll care a little bit more this season. I mean, that, I mean that was that I mean, look, let's just be real, I man. That was disgusting what we saw from the Lakers last year. I mean, it was. I mean, it was almost like they didn't care, or or it was like they were okay in some cases with how bad they were. You know, you ask them about not making the playoffs. They come up with every excuse in the book. Injuries, this, that, and the other. How about this team just wasn't that good? (laughs) I don't, even if you had the injuries, even if injuries were not as rampant as as they were on that team, they weren't going to the finals. They weren't going to the Western Conference finals. They weren't going to the second round. They may have made the playoffs, possibly, but they weren't going. They, that, that team was not built to win. This team looks a little bit better on paper, but, again, that's going to come down to LeBron. And then, uh, obviously, <laughs> street clothes. That dude wearing number three, they call him street clothes. Uh, he was out of the game last week because of back tightness there in the preseason. So he's kind of getting in the regular season form already, if you, <laughs> you kind of look at it like that. Obviously, those two dudes are going to have to lead the way. Um, Then another big story, obviously, you look at the Clippers. That's going to be a huge story to see how uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and those dudes come back. The Clippers look very deep. There's no question about that. The other uh, big-time thing that I'm really looking forward to in the West, Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm just not seeing how that's going to work, man. I mean, I think they could be probably be, – I think they can be good in the regular season. Obviously, they're going to have plenty of rim protection when you sit there and you look at uh, Gobert being there. I'm just not seeing that fit with Carl anthony Towns. I'm just not seeing it. You got – you know, I've seen a lot of uh, Timberwolves fans on Twitter say, well, okay, uh, well, they've got Gobert to kind of cover up Karl-Anthony Towns uh, deficiencies defensively or whatever okay yeah well okay i can kind of i can kind of see that to a degree but guess what if gobert is in the middle of the floor if he's if he's guarding the rim that means carl anthony towns is going to be out on the perimeter a lot more okay <laughs> i mean you're gonna you're gonna have carl anthony towns chasing around these fours and uh stretch fives or whatever. You're gonna have him out there chasing them. Uh I mean, Carl Anthony Towns on a pick and roll out on out on the perimeter, defending that. I mean, I, I wanna see it. I again I, I'm not I'm just I'm not buying it. I'm just not <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like my boy Anthony Edwards from Georgia. This dude is the real deal. I don't think there's any question about that. I like to pick up a a guy like Kyle Anderson. Um, This dude, Jaden McDaniels, like he's going to be the real deal going forward. They have enough guys on the perimeter, I think, that are going to be really good defenders and everything. D'Angelo Russell, though, that fit. That's another thing. Did D'Angelo Russell fit with... Anthony Edwards, I'm just not feeling that, man. I I'm not feeling that matchup. I mean DeAndre. I mean it's kinda like you have two shooting guards. I mean, who's gonna be your facilitator? Where who's gonna get the ball to to cat? Who's gonna get the ball um you know I, I I'm just not seeing it working, man. I, i'm not i think again though now it's going to be hard to, to rebound on them they're going to have you would think they're going to be a really good rebounding team i you would think they'll be able to guard the rim very well but i think when you, once you get to playoff time I, I just i just don't see it working i just really don't um. Uh, You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. There is one intriguing story. There's no question about it. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in Minnesota. Timberwolves, probably the most that they're going to be watched, maybe uh, in their history, especially since, you know, guys like Kevin Garnett played there or whatever. Um, The Denver Nuggets are going to be a very interesting case with Jamal Murray and, Michael uh, Porter Jr. coming back. That's going to be interesting. Can Michael Porter Jr. stay healthy? It's going to be very interesting to see. Um uh, surprise team out of the NBA out of the Western Conference. Uh, right now I'd have to say the Sacramento Kings possibly. I think they would probably, you know, I think right now uh this guy Keegan Murray is is um I mean, he has a lot of people talking about him big time. There's no question about it. We all know they have uh, Fox, you know, De'Aaron Fox and all those guys there. I think that could be the surprise team out of the West to maybe steal a play-in spot and maybe possibly threaten to get into the playoffs. I can see that happening there in Sacramento with that bunch. But uh, look at the divisions there in the Western Conference. Um, For me in the uh, Northwest Division – uh, you got Timberwolves and the Nuggets and all those guys. Uh the Jazz are obviously a team that's kinda in the same mode as San Antonio is. They got rid of everybody. <laughs> they did pick up Colin Sexton, which was very interesting, another Alabama dude. But uh obviously that you know, I think they're in tank mode. Obviously we talk about Portland Trailblazers, you always think about Dame and all of that. But for me, man, the Northwest Division, I think, is going to come down between the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. And man, I'm going to go with the Nuggets, man. I, I'm a believer in Jamal Murray. I, I just am. I'm not sure that I can believe in Michael Porter Jr. necessarily because we just don't know about his health. But I'm a believer in Jamal Murray. And I think pairing him back with Jokic is going to make a big-time difference on that basketball team. I like the Denver Nuggets to win the Northwest Division. Uh, you sit there and you look at the Pacific Division. You got the Warriors and the Clippers and all them. Again, I think the Suns take a step back this year. The Clippers again. That's going to be an interesting case to see. I'm going with go. I'm going back with Golden State to win that division, though. I I just think, man, you sit there and you look at the Clippers and all those players. I think you're going to see some probably some load management and all of that. Um I think they could get definitely get into the 50 win range. Probably they're going to be a top 4 seed, 50-55 wins, but I think the Golden State Warriors and uh are going to be a little bit better and I think they'll win the, the Pacific Division. I uh, look at you know playoff teams out of the Pacific, man, out of the Western Conference, obviously I'm going with the Warriors and the Clippers. I think the Suns will make the playoffs. Obviously, uh, out of this, all of those from the Pacific Division, obviously the the uh, three teams out of the uh, Southwest, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, I have all three of those teams making the playoffs, and I have the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. That will be my eight teams to make uh, the playoffs there in the Western Conference. Let's go to the East, man. <laughs> uh, let's go to the East and check them out. Obviously, we got a lot of turmoil going on there in Boston. You know, the, uh, Eastern, uh, the Eastern Conference participant in the NBA Finals last season, a lot going on there with Eman Yudoka. I'm not going to get into all of that. <laughs> um, but I still kind of believe in this Boston team, man. I think it's going to be obvious. It's going to you know, we'll see how the coaching is or whatever, but. Now, the, I think the bigger issue for them is still the interior. This team still cannot get the interior, you know, in, you know, the paint right. You know, their, their rim protection, things of that nature. Robert Williams is still injured. He's supposed to be back in, in maybe several weeks or whatever, maybe toward Christmas. So it's not like he's going to be out, you know, into 2023 or anything. But obviously that could have a big-time effect on where they finish in the standings. Uh, here, you know, in the regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work all of that out. Obviously, the 76ers are huge (laughs) when you think about the Atlantic Division, man, with James Harden, man. A lot of people, a lot of my Rockets, (laughs) you know, my fellow Rocket fans, man, they think that James Harden is going to make that kind of turnaround that CP3 made a couple seasons ago. I'm not buying it. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. But I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's just something about this dude. I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Now, again, I think the Sixers are going to be fine as far as making the playoffs and all of that. I think there'll be uh 50-win team, 50-55 wins. I think is definitely possible. For me, man, I'm going to go ahead and give you my MVP. I think the one thing that James Harden can do, though, is he's going to – make life very easy for Joel Embiid. I really do think that. And I've got Joel Embiid as my MVP this year. I think he is going to finally get over the hump. Uh, Jokic won the last two seasons. We all know that. I think Joel Embiid, again, it comes down to his health, but I think Joel Embiid, obviously we know what he does on both ends of the floor. I think Joel Embiid is going to be the MVP in the league this season. Uh, You look at the rest of the Atlantic Division, you got the Knicks coming up. I like Mitchell Robinson coming back. I kind of watched some of their game there a couple of nights ago, their last preseason game against uh, Washington, I think it was. He's back there in the fold. Obviously, they have Jalen Brunson running the show now. Uh, they've re-signed Julius Randle there in, in, in free agency. Very interesting team. I don't look for a whole lot out of them. I think they can be a playoff team, but I'll let you know – here in just a few minutes but I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, obviously, you look at the Brooklyn Nets with that situation. I talked briefly about them already with Durant and, um, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving and all those dudes with that team. <laughs> um, again, they're very capable of winning it all. So, obviously, they'd be very capable of winning this division. You know, I don't know. Just, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's going to go. Obviously, you're going to probably be taking, talking about some load management with Kevin Durant. Who knows what you're going to be talking about with Kyrie Irving. You know, I don't know. He might, you know, inflation and all that gas prices a little bit too high, so he might feel like he needs to take a leave of absence for that. <laughs> Things of that nature, man. so uh, you know, obviously Ben Simmons, that whole saga. They will get Joe Harris back, so they'll have him back from injury last from last season. They they have a little stuff, which is uh, Seth Curry, by the way. So look, this team is you know they can really be really good, but I could also see them be very disappointing. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. I'm just gonna be real, with you. I'm really not sure. And then you look at the Raptors. Obviously, that is another very interesting basketball team there with Barnes and all those dudes there. Siakam, very interesting to see how they move going forward. Van Vleet, um, and, you know you know for so for me, man, I've got I've got the uh, it's it's a tough division to call for all of those reasons because I you know. The Celtics are gonna miss Robert Williams for a good while. They did sign Blake Griffin, but Blake Griffin's an overim protector. We all know that. So, but they do have they lost Gallinari. They did pick him up in free agency as well. They don't have his services for right now either. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that you know that goes. I'm not as worried about the coaching as some people are, though. I think I think they're gonna be okay. So. I mean, but I'm going to go with them to to win the division. I know that may sound crazy. But I just I just don't trust the 76. I don't trust Joel Embiid to play even though, you know, I'm not sure that he's going to be even though I think he's going to win the MVP cuz I think he's going it's going to be a very easy for him to get 30 points. I think he could average close to, you know, 27, 28 points, maybe more than that this season because of what James Harden can bring and because of what Tyrese Maxey can bring to that basketball team but I just don't know if I believe in them otherwise to win the division I just you know and then uh, you sit there and you look at the Raptors I'm not sure if I believe in them I still think they have a ways to go and obviously we talked about Brooklyn so I, I, for me the default team to win this division is Boston <laughs> So I'm going with them to win the division. You look at the Central Division, The Cleveland Cavaliers was a team that a lot of people obviously are talking about with all the moves that they made, bringing in um, Spider Mitchell from Utah to go with um, uh, Garland. And, you know, they got rid of uh, uh, Colin Sexton and all those guys. They have the big guys inside, Jared Allen. Uh, you know, and they have uh, Mobley as well on the interior. Man, this team's going to be really good as well. I've got them probably winning this, you know, probably actually not winning the division. I've got the Bucks winning the division, but I have the Cleveland Cavaliers finishing the second there in the central division. I would probably have the Bulls coming in right behind them. And then those, you know, but I would not be surprised at the Pistons. And they're they're kind of my... The team I've got two surprise teams possibly in the Eastern Conference. The Detroit Pistons are one of them with Cade Cunningham and all of those guys. Jaden Ivy matching up with him in the backcourt is gonna be interesting to see how that works out. My other surprise team in the in the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. And I know a lot of people might laugh at that. But I like Cole Anthony, man. I, I'm I'm kind of a Cole Anthony guy. He had some injury issues last season. You sit there, and you look at that lineup, man. You know, they are deep on the interior. They've got 7 six, six, nine, six, ten, seven-foot guys galore. You know, they have uh, Mo Bamba. They signed him back. They have uh, Franz Wagner from last season, the rookie from last season. They really had a really good rookie season. Um, uh, they have Bowl. Bo. Bola. You know, I talked about him in my you know when I was talking about the Southeast Division. Uh it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate him into everything that they do. I just like this team. I think, again, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs, but I would not be surprised the Orlando magic made the play in. I would not be. I'm going to put it like that. So again, you sit there. you know, we kind of went over the Southeast. I think the, um, uh, Miami heat are going to win that division. And then I think the Hawks are going to come in behind them. Um, and uh, again, I like the Magic probably finishing third in that division. Uh, so I gave you my MVP. I think Joel Embiid is going to find a way to win this thing, and I'm, I hope I'm right because I want to see him play. You know, be able to be healthy, uh, and be able to get that award. I think James Harden. The one thing he can do is get the ball to him, and you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to honor James Harden. You've got to honor that jumper. You've got to honor him being able to get into the lane defensively you, you cannot sit there and just play off of him and think you're just gonna play joel and beat you can't do it i think it's gonna be a big time help for him my rookie of the year <laughs> my rookie of the year. know I'm, I'm i'm not gonna i, I would go <laughs> jabari smith but i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna be a homer man so i'm gonna pick anybody but jabari smith <laughs> so i'm gonna go paulo Banquero. I mean, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, I thought about Jaden Ivey there, at Detroit. Uh, this guy, Keegan Murray, there in Sacramento, was getting a lot of love. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ben Carroll, man. I, I, this guy for me is a lot better defender than once I kind like, of really kind of got to look at him on some tape that I looked at. It's in his season at duke this dude's a better defender than i thought he was he can definitely shoot the ball from the perimeter pretty good i think his all-around game is really good i think for me i still think jabari smith is the better overall player and i'm not just saying that because he's a houston rocket i thought that going into the draft but i think paulo banquero since i'm not gonna pick jabari smith man and I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Jabari Smith fits in with Jalen Green. And so it's very possible that Jabari Smith may not get the type numbers that Paolo Bancaro gets, kind of simply for that reason. I think Paolo Bancaro is going to have a lot of shots every night. He is going to be have a chance to be the little guy on that team. And so, for me, I think Paolo Bancaro wins the uh, rookie of the year. Now, you sit there – Defe- you know, I'm not gonna get in the defensive player of the year and all of that. Those I'm just gonna go with those two awards for right now. <laughs> uh in the Eastern Conference, man, my playoff teams. Obviously I've got the Celtics, I've got the I've got the Nets, I've got the Sixers. Uh not sure you know, the Raptors are gonna be an interesting case. I I, I think I do think all four of those teams will make it. Uh, Central Division, I've got the Bucks and the Cavaliers, of course. I've got those six teams, and then in the Southeast Division, I've got the Hawks and the Heat making so that's my eight teams to make the playoffs. You know, again, like I told you, I think the Magic could make the play in. I've got teams like possibly the Pistons. Obviously the you know, uh the Knicks could be a play in team. Just kinda looking at it, the Bulls. You know, I, you know. obviously they could be a play-in play team, possibly. We'll have to see about the Bulls. Uh, again, that Alonzo Ball deal, it's, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Really kind of hate to see that, but still a lot of good pieces there in Chicago, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to quite make a playoff run. Maybe they do get into the play-in. Anyway, man, this uh, – cannot wait for the nba season to start we uh it should be starting here just in the next day or two I think we'll get started tuesday night i think got some lakers and golden state and i can't remember the other game my rockets uh take the floor in atlanta on wednesday night so i cannot wait to see that again really appreciate you hanging in with me i didn't want to make this one quite this long but man i just wanted to get everything in that i possibly could and make this as in depth as i possibly could. And I really appreciate you hanging in if you uh, listen to me <laughs> through through the end of the show. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Kerry Wood. Call me C. Wood at C. Wood on sports on Twitter and I.G. That's where you can find me. Uh, please like subscribe, do all those things. Give me a five star rating if you feel I deserve it on uh, Spotify and on Apple. And then I really would love few comments or whatever to know how you're liking ball about the south or how you're not liking it let me know what i need to do man to make this a better show going forward anyway again like i said i really appreciate you joining me for my 2022 nba preview i will have another episode coming out this week we're going to talk football again obviously a lot going on in college and the nfl this past weekend we'll talk about that here in a couple of days as well until then man i am out